Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Hi, I'm Irene, Director of the Sales and Marketing, Finance, Tech and Transformation Divisions at Robert Walters Malaysia. I'm your host for this episode of our Talent Talks with Robert Walters our leadership series, where we interview business leaders, recruitment experts, and career growth specialists on their careers, leadership lessons, and the latest talent trends. Today, it's my pleasure to have Naeem Khan, Managing Director of Philip Morris Malaysia, join us. Welcome, Naeem. Thanks a lot, Irene. Really appreciate it, and it's a great pleasure for me to be here. Great. To start off with our first question, let's talk a bit about PMI and the company's move towards a smoke-free future. It's interesting for me to read PMI's earlier announcement that it aims for smoke-free products to make up more than half of its total net revenue by 2025. From being known as a big tobacco company to PMI's current transformation, Tell us, what does a smoke-free future mean? So, uh, again, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Irene, for, uh, for the session and providing this opportunity for me to be part of this uh, podcast. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing to be connected with you and all your audience. Um, now, regarding your question, I think it's a very bold decision on part of the organization, you know, which has created some of the biggest and the most valuable brands uh, in the world. Um, as you know very well, I'm not from uh, from the tobacco industry. Um, hence, uh, anything which relates to actively phasing out the most profitable part of your business is a bit alien to me. Uh, but I think I think we all know the harms and the challenges which a combustible cigarettes bring to the humans. And uh, the reality is that they, po- they possess significant risk to all the smokers, to their loved ones. Uh, so faster we move uh, smokers away from combustible cigarettes, the better it is for them and public health in general. Uh, so I think it's a great uh, start for, for us to drive a transformation effort and transformation, transformation journey. And when we started this whole transformation, we raised quite a few eyebrows as well. You know, I remember uh, using this phrase uh, that, you know, uh, people who don't smoke should never start. And if they smoke, they should quit. But if they don't quit, it is better for them to change. Uh, and and one and a half or two years ago, this this was uh, this was a huge challenge for us. However, I do see many conversations that did start to happen with the stakeholders who used to close their doors for us. Furthermore, talent in the market also are more open. Uh, you know, we have hired over thirty-five uh, new talent in the last one and a half year, and 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 most of them. One of the primary reasons they join us because they want to embark on this whole smoke-free journey, which Philip Morris has uh, has taken on. And once they have truly under- understand the purpose and the ambition of our smoke-free journey, they feel 
much motivated much more motivated much more uh, engaged with the organization and uh, and and that's that's basically the life of our transformation i'm sure such a transformation must have been massive for the entire pmi group what attracted you then naim to join philip morris malaysia as md during this transformation and how has your experience been like so far wow okay uh, so i mean i started my career almost what 23 24 years ago and 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 tobacco industry was definitely not one of uh, the industry for my first choice of of you know working in let's let's be very honest and very frank um, it's also very personal to me i lost my father at a very young age due to excessive uh, smoking and it has a profound effect on me as personally and as a person and primarily the choices i made in my life and uh, and hence you know when 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 philip morris approached me uh, to to join them and one of the my first answer was no i don't want to i don't want to be part of the tobacco industry and uh, and i think i think it's a it's a gradual realization i was uh, genuinely intrigued when i heard about uh, the smoke free vision which this company is uh, is driving and how they want to to transform the organization from selling cigarettes to smoke free products and eventually towards life sciences um, Uh, recently we acquired a couple of life sciences companies as well as i found out more i started to get interested the more i read on pmiscience.com uh, and i would urge people to go at pmiscience.com which is our r&d uh, portal uh, the more i was convinced that this is an opportunity for me to join a company that takes their transformation seriously and my role is to help lead the transformation in malaysia Uh, the tipping point was frankly speaking uh, our, our one of our interview which our chairman gave where he signaled that we might be a decade away or so from phasing out cigarettes in some of our markets and and that kind of is a music to my ear because i think uh, i think you know selling cigarettes also kind of become a bit have a personal you know uh, attachment to me uh, because of my father so i think I think that whole piece of of working for a company which is serious for their transformation journey, uh, converting a a very different type of company in a very different type of industry to a purpose organization, is is probably a huge you know element for me to join this company. You know very well. You know I came from. from philips uh, which has a significant presence in healthcare so i understand how important it is that we leverage on technological advancement and science and innovating products that help reduce harm at pmi are smoke free uh, products do exactly that huh? they reduce harm to adult smokers who don't quit by providing them a better alternative to cigarette smoking um, and 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 joining pmm or pmi uh, allows me to be part of that paradigm shift where we can work towards moving you know societal views on smoke free products starting meaningful conversation based on our science and lead the change in our industry and as a consequence you know 10 years down the road i can i can see myself in a mirror 
that I have managed to phase out cigarettes in Malaysia and make Malaysia smoke-free. Um, it's two years for me in this journey. It's just a start. Um, it's a very challenging journey. I underestimated some of the challenges which I had to go through. Um, part of that those challenges comes from pandemic because one of the primary anchor point, uh, Irene, for any transformation, by the way, and, and, and if a transformation is of this magnitude, is the trust. How do you create trust between you as a management and your employees, you as a management on and, and you know, regulator, or you as a management and uh, most of the, uh, you know, interest groups outside, uh, outside the, outside the organization. And, and some of these, this trust requires, you know, for you to connect with each other, to meet each other, to see each other eye to eye. Yeah. So, to look at the face and to to look at each other's uh, you know non-verbal communication because we all know we are all trained to say the right thing uh, but but I think I think that whole uh, interaction which you have which we missed in the last two years has made it extremely difficult um, in the beginning we just don't know how to to you know productively productively work in a in a, in, a, in a remote work setting. There were blurry lines on personal and professional boundaries. Uh, we just don't know, uh, you know, how to communicate with each other. Uh, so, so I think in that environment, building trust, not only internally, but also externally is, is probably must one of my biggest challenge. And, and that trust deficit is, is probably my number one thing to overcome uh, between us and all the interest groups and stakeholders in terms of regulators. Um, so I think, uh, I think overall, uh, if you ask me, uh, one of the key angle and the element which helped me do this is basically the talent which I have. And I always, uh, always tell people that, you know, uh, that at the end of the day, if I operate in my personal capacity, I'm just one person. If I operate as an organization, then I have 500 plus people with me. And, uh, you know, I think that's what pandemic has, pandemic has uh, you know, told me that uh, even though the situation, if the situation is difficult, it is a team which makes the difference between average and great. I'm blessed with a great team who are committed to make a difference and are committed to transform PMI for a purpose organization. We have made uh, amazing progress in market despite lockdowns, having converted more than 120,000 adult smokers to switch to ICOS, uh, which is a heated tobacco device. I'm fortunate enough to work with such a bright-minded people coming from very diverse background, be able to share and understand one another while also enhancing my knowledge and taking me through this journey of uh, making Malaysia smoke-free. Delivering a smoke-free future to better the health of our communities, that is very much in line with companies' growing emphasis on ESG. For the benefit of our audience, 
Could you tell us what ESG means and how does ESG play out for PMI? So, uh, ESG, you know, as probably most of you are very well aware of, uh, stands for Environment, Social and Corporate Governance. And uh, for the past few years, ESG has gained popularity and found itself in a spotlight. Um, you know, with society notably shifting towards sustainability, it's clear that environmental, social, and other issues on everyone's agenda uh, takes a, a focal point, especially for investors. By the way. So many companies around the world have been doing their best in their own sustainability initiative. Larger companies, as you are very well aware, you know, Amazon and Dell, even consumer product companies have been working towards achieving their own sustainability goals to reduce the carbon footprint. As research has shown that not only do consumers prefer to purchase from a company that has made a CSR pledge, but these but these makes a difference in consumer experience and brand loyalty as well. Huh? Uh, so for PMI specifically, you know, it's an sustainability is an opportunity for innovation growth. Uh, and, 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 and long-term value creation. It also means uh, for us to minimize the negative externalities while maximizing operational efficiency and resource allocation. Now, to become a sustainable organization, our priority is done through fourfold approach. Uh, number one is develop better and less harmful alternatives. Uh, that's, that's the key of our uh, sustainability drive broadening access to the adult smokers who smoke free products so that they can actually move away from harmful products and uh, and then have uh, less harmful effects of, of, of tobacco smoking. And working on phasing out of cigarettes, uh, we probably would be the first company to phase out combustible cigarettes in one of the markets in the world, you know, within uh, probably uh, next decade. Uh, and development of products that go beyond nicotine, which means, you know, moving away from uh, classical nicotine or tobacco products, moving into life sciences. Uh, globally, we have a, quite a lot of initiative. I would like to talk a bit more about Malaysia, where uh, we are pretty creative in our sustainability efforts, uh, given that we were in a lockdown for the past few months. Uh, with many of us stuck at home, we continuously encourage employees to participate in webinars for mental health, for yoga, for different competitions. Uh, we had uh, an initiative where we installed cigarette bud canisters in the smoking hotspots across the country. Each canister is cleaned and emptied every month, which will, for the first time in ASEAN's history, provide us with the real-time data on smoking hotspots uh, data which we aim to share with local authorities and ministries. We coordinated a program aimed at combating the global waste issue. Internally, we had a contest, you know, sharing our take on how we declutter and clear up litter in our workspaces as well as our home as well. Uh, lately, we have introduced, you know, mindful yoga program for our employees where each practice session will lead to a three pledges by the company. Uh, within the next three months, we aim to plant over 2,000 trees uh, with our local partners uh, in Malaysia. Uh, 
engaging with our investors has always been critical. So uh, more than ever, it is also a key for us to accelerating our transformation and uh, bringing an end to a smoking as a habit as quickly as possible. So I think I think generally, uh, if you ask me, uh, at the end of the day, I never I don't see the whole ESG piece as something which is which is outside which we all do just for the right things and the right words and an optics perspective. I, my, my personal drive is that how can we bring all of this into our day-to-day normal work life and, 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 and build a sustainable uh, business per se and also a sustainable and, and more, uh, you know, uh, sustainable and more, environmentally friendly ways of working in our day-to-day life so that we don't have to talk about it it becomes part and parcel of our dna and i think that's something which we are trying to do with those smaller initiatives indeed how we seek to address esg goals should be integrated into our daily operations and everyday decisions now in a world where companies are taking esg very seriously what does this mean then for talent in the job market? I think uh, I think there are ta- ta- from a talent standpoint, um, you know, while there are plenty of jobs available out there, uh, the hard fact is that many will not make it to the second round of interviews. And why that's for some of the jobs available, people don't have the right skills or at least uh, skills employers say they are looking for. Um, and, 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 this is, and this is where soft skill plays a very important role. Personal traits, work habits, communications is, is extremely critical today. Um, to be successful in the long run, they need to be resilient. That's another huge uh, challenge, which which I always see nowadays in, in, in some of the new talent which is coming and be able to reinvent themselves. Uh, constant learning, I mean, uh, and able to adapt to the different work environment. Uh, I strongly believe that working your way towards some special type, types of talent, which is available online, which actually helps a lot. But predominantly, I think, there are few things which are happening uh, in, in, in the job market. And also with the whole pandemic thing, I think the onus of delivery and the onus of showing that you can do a job is going much more on the candidate and the talent themselves. How do they show that they are more resilient? They are more, uh, you know, uh, they are more capable. And and a lot of the activities where in the previous time, you know, you have a manager, you have everybody sitting in the office. And if things, everybody knows that you are in the office from nine to five or you are doing three hours extra work or four hours extra work. And then people will always start saying, oh, by the way, this is a very good person because he put extra hours and, and 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 now you are in a hybrid environment, two days in office, three days in home, you don't know. So actually your speak, your work is speak louder than than anything else. And that is 
coming very strongly and and personally also for me you know i become actually agnostic to the employees i become much more focused on what the delivery comes out and i think that one thing is very important in the current environment that once that whole ownership or onus of this delivery goes to the employees that means they have also a much more responsibility and that talent needs to take that responsibility because with that responsibility there's a reward attached to it and how do you take that responsibility and moving forward is going to be a huge you know challenge for all of us because as a leadership what we, what we would like to do is to provide the right environment the right culture the right ecosystem that these these talent can actually grow and grow in their job but also be capable of delivering and contributing not one two and three years but probably 10 12 and 15 years and and and, and that's one angle how do we do that how do we provide them the constant learning capabilities at the same time it also goes back to the talent as well how do they show a willingness to to do more to learn more to uh, drive uh, things smartly and uh, you know sharply as they call it so i think co- coaching mentoring programs you know interactive workshop uh, this is something which which teach these skills so if you are looking for a specific job i would suggest working your way around these trainings online trainings is is probably the best way to equip yourself uh, we know like today and and I'm, i'm sure you are very well aware you know in malaysia digital marketing related jobs are most difficult to fill you know uh, in, in in due to the shortage of the skilled professionals in the area of expertise while the industry is booming uh, there aren't enough courses focused on the skills surrounding user experience artificial intelligence uh, you know uh, ai driven marketing um, the second uh, you know skill city in terms of skill set is around data analytics you know on this industry finds it harder to find trained data scientists i mean that's that's something which is very uh, very obvious for us another angle is the universities when they produce the talent if the talent needs to somehow get reformed before they actually hit the the the, the industry that's another one so how do you build that that ecosystem where universities and industry can actually work together and actually you get the talent which is ready outside the university uh, one of the great leadership skills personally you know and and that is something which i would really advise everybody uh, you know in a leadership position to look at is 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 to have empowerment give empowerment you know empowering build confidence you know in their capacity to execute collective missions and and goals you know to establish essential truth in the organization uh, you know true personal empowerment require you to set meaningful goals to identify what you actually want from life uh, all of us do that and then take action to the to achieve these goals that's another uh, part of it you know organizations which empower their employees actually deliver better results versus the people versus organizations which don't um i think one of the thing which i always tell people is uh make sure that where whatever work you do 
you know, you should keep having fun in the that work. If you don't have fun, then it becomes a chore. So, uh, in order to enhance your knowledge, formal education, mentoring group, you know, there are excellent ways to build a skill set. At the same time, build a fun element because you actually end up end up you know making friends. I I, I found my my wife from from home works. I think so. So I mean I mean it's something which 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 happens to a lot of us here. So. So I think uh, in terms of talent out there, whether they are fresh graduates or have been in an industry for several several years, a diverse range of technical skills are definitely needed alongside creative problem-solving skills. And and if, if they're equipped with ESG knowledge, that's a bonus. It goes without saying that forward thinking, you know, effective communication are also going to be an ideal candidate in the job market. And personally, I believe one must be passionate and think in, 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 in driving things and uh, in order to succeed passion is probably one of the most important things that's a good piece of advice for our audience personally I agree with you that we as talent need to stay relevant and continuously reinvent ourselves Naim looking at your career history you were in Philips for over 18 years is that the same place where you met your wife? In Singapore, yes. It's the same uh, place. It's the same place. Okay. And, 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 and not, I, I tell you, I mean, I, and, and I always share this example. Huh? I, mean, I mean, while working for, for Philips, I, I basically, you know, visited 63 cities. And I'm extremely proud that in some of these cities, even today I go, I think I can always find friends to have one dinner with me and I don't have to dine alone. So, so I think I think this is this is part and parcel of, of, of work. And, and and there's a lot of things around, you know, work life balance and and I, I, I sometimes, you know, at least for personally for me, uh, you know, a work life flexibility becomes a bit more important than just a work life balance because I think I think that kind of adds more value to to things which I like to do which is having fun in what I do and making lifelong friendships. You're a classic living example of making work fun. Throughout your career journey, Naeem, what is the most important professional and life lesson you've learned? Um, so some of the lessons I have learned along this journey is that no matter who you are and what position you are at, you don't need to know all the answers. Okay. And I think a lot of the times and people know this and they always sometimes points me out in a big discussion that I should, I should say less. I don't know because I have this habit of saying, I don't know, but probably this could be the answer. And, and, uh, and I think, you have to give yourself a permission to not to have all the answers and trust the insights and leadership of the people around you. And uh, this comes with, without, with not bashing statements by assumptions. Huh? You, you need to check the facts. You need to look at the figures. You need to ask, you know, five times why. And you probably will discover something. And the process you will learn and everybody else will learn and you will get to achieve what you want to achieve. So 
so that's i think for me is very important learning and and that core part of my you know management style give yourself permission to not know everything that's a key takeaway that i think we should keep in mind especially as we progress up the career ladder where we often expect ourselves to have ready and correct answers thanks for that valuable point and naim i don't know whether you have come across this article by mckinsey before as mckinsey puts it the great attrition is upon us a record number of employees are quitting or thinking about quitting in the next 3 to 6 months as someone who has been with three companies over the past 23 years what would you say to someone thinking of leaving okay so i think um, so i i don't know i mean i've read this this article and uh, what i don't know is is that this is is this a real great attrition upon us or is it simply a pent up demand of job changing because nobody was changing a job in the last two years and and and, and we have seen this you know in in multiple industries uh, oil price is the highest does it mean that now there is more demand for oil and hence the green energy is dead i don't know and uh, you know there lot of uh, you know interpretation of that what i can i can say around this one is that uh, for anybody a time can come where you are you just don't feel that you are you belong to that organization and it is not necessarily an organization's fault and it's not necessarily your fault it's sometimes a function of what point in time in your life you are a uh, um, 12 hour call center job when you are single might be a very interesting job but when you have a school going kids and a young family might be a big chore so so i think i think i think that's that perspective needs to be there that not every job is fit for everybody not every organization is fit for everybody but there is a organization which fit what you damn you know you feel fit for yourself uh, i mean i think i think the question which we all of us at some point in time face is should i or should i not leave the company so individuals who are having issues with this must ask themselves whether they truly value the role they are playing in the organization there's always room for advancement and improvement and that's on everyone that's not on organization that's on everyone you know who's part of the organization for some company cultures uh, sustainability is at utmost important aspect of for of the career for them there are several factors that come to play when one consider leaving uh, the incentives the benefits the teammates the name you know of the company uh, just to name a few and before one pulls the plug i strongly suggest that you converse you 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 know you have a conversation with your manager first or somebody uh, higher up in the organization or your hr um, 
and and I think I think I think it's this is one of those decisions which you should take consciously. You know, avoid avoid rushing into it. That's one advice which I always give people. But don't work for a company who you feel that you don't belong to. That's also a very candid advice I would like to give. I have I had until last day, you know, in my team years in Philips, I enjoyed working, and and since then I always talk positive about this company because today whoever I am, a lot of this is related to how, you know, the leadership and my managers and my mentors in that company groomed me. And uh, but is today I'm not enjoying in Philip Morris? Answer is absolutely not. I'm. I mean, it's my it's my dream job at this point in time because I will try to create a history which probably no one have created, you know, in Malaysia where I will try to phase out combustible cigarettes in Malaysia, and and that would be something which I would love to do. So so I think you know I mean at different point in time in your life there are different things which you like and 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 just 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 it's not a science. I call it eh? it's it's an art. Thank you very much, Naim. And with that, we have come to the end of this session. Thank you once again for sharing your insights and personal advice with us. I'm very sure our listeners and viewers appreciate hearing how PMI is transforming to help deliver a smoke-free future and is pushed towards fulfilling its ESG goals. Pleasure is mine, Irene. Really talking to uh, talking to you is always a pleasure. Uh, and uh, you know, I I wish you all the success in in these podcasts. And I'll be looking forward to hearing some other advices from some other people so that I can make myself better. Thank you. To our listeners and viewers, don't forget to stay tuned for the next episode of our Robert Walters Talent Talk. Take care and stay safe. Goodbye.